really just focus on how my community is responding, not necessarily how my numbers and metrics are responding. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right, on top. Oh man, tell me you didn't just get jazzed with that intro. In July, MKM Social School is breaking it down, and ads will not be tricky for you anymore on Meta. We're going to talk about boosted ads, ad campaigns, best practices, how to make sense of all the options so that as a small town, small business owner, you feel empowered, excited, and ready to try your hand at paid advertising on social media. In this July session of Social School, you and other small town, small business owners are going to come together to learn best practices so you don't have to ask that question, is social media marketing worth it? You're going to know. You're going to know your ROI. You're going to understand how to make ads find those people in your location or across the world that are ideal clients and customers and you are going to walk out knowing how to set up and run your own ads. Sound exciting? I'm not done yet. So when we start social school, you're going to get seven days of bite-sized trainings and tutorials so you know exactly what to do and how to take action immediately. You're also going to get a Q&A session with your membership so that you can ask questions of me, Molly, and get them answered as soon as possible. You're also going to be in a community of other small town, small business owners, so you guys can bounce ideas off one another, troubleshoot, and practice and test your ads in real time. If this sounds something like you are interested in, head over to mollyknuthmedia.com shop and get all the details and registration links. Now, while you're there, you're going to see two options. Option number one is our one-month membership. If you just need some specialized education around the ads themselves. Option number two is our annual membership. So you'll get 12 months of social school each month with a different topic of focus or accountability challenge. And with that annual membership, you actually get two months for free. So check out the annual membership option as well while you're at our Molly Knuth Media shop. And DM me if you have any questions at Molly Knuth Media on Instagram. But I would love to see you inside our July social school program. So ads don't have to be tricky for you anymore. Well, hey there, listener. Welcome to this week's edition of the Small Minded Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Molly Knuth, but not as always. I'm recording from a new locale today, actually in the new building that we bought. So a couple weeks ago, I talked to you about how we were doing some big things this year at MKM, and we purchased a historic building in our downtown. And today I'm recording from here. So hopefully the audio sounds all right in the future, which is going to tie into one of our questions in this week's episode. But in the future, I'm hoping to build a podcast studio here. So then it's like, I don't have to carry around my mic and my audio box. I can just have a studio here at the office, which is going to be so nice. But anyway, This week's edition of the podcast is one of our tried and true mailbag episodes. We haven't done this in a while, but I love to be able to answer the questions that are really important to you. So this week, I just am taking the questions that have been coming in recently and breaking them down bit by bit. So let's get into it. Okay, question number one, what are you doing with the new building? So many people have asked me about that in person, online, and they're like, why do you need this space? And I know it's really confusing because right now all the rage is to like get out of the office, right? Work from home, like have the freedom to go where you please. So why would I buy a physical location for an online business? Well, there's a lot of reasons. A, it's been something I just wanted to do. (laughs) And it doesn't always have to make sense to everybody else to make sense to you. To me, 
I don't have like a real necessity to have a home office. Or I'm sorry, I have a home office. I don't have a necessity to go outside of my home office, right? I mean, for all intents and purposes, it would be cheaper for me to just continue to work out of the home office and be great with that, right? But that's not what I'm building. I'm not building a remote team that'll always be disconnected and detached. We might have people in the future who choose to work that way, and that's great. But also, I want to have stake. I want to put my money where my mouth is in my small town. I want to be part of the solution of revitalizing these downtown historic buildings. And I want to have a gathering space for my team, for my community, for other women in small business who want to learn and grow together. And so it might not make sense to everyone, but it makes sense to me. And this building just came up. And so what are we doing here? Well, right now I'm looking at my actual, what's going to be my future office. So this building is huge. And in a corner of it is going to be my personal office space. And then we'll build out a couple of small, like, not necessarily cubicles, but like smaller office spaces that are going to be flex spaces for my team. Can you hear the traffic going by? This is so exciting. Uh, I always said if I had a building on Main Street, all I would do is look out the window and watch who's walking past or who's driving past. And thankfully where my office is, I just have like half size windows. So there's natural light, but I can't like be looking out the window 24-7. But anyway, back to the question at hand. So I will have an office. We will have some flex office space so that my team members can meet with clients or they can have quiet places to record videos, take phone calls, things like that. We will also have a large room that has a conference table where my team and I can have meetings. And it will also be where we hold programming in the future. So if we have an in-person workshop or a conference or a summit or a retreat, all of that can happen here at our building because there's space here, because there's history and charm, and we have access to, like, we got a little kitchenette here. We also have lots of space for, like, restrooms and storage. And something that's really important to me is having, like, a space for women who have children if they need to nurse or pump or when my kids get off of school that they have like an area where they can go and relax with like a TV and a comfy couch and stuff. So we're going to have that too. So yeah, I just really want to build what I'm kind of considering like the office space of the future, if you will, where it's like we're not all together all in the office 24-7. We're not all remote 24-7. We have this hybrid space that can be an office space. It can be a rental space. It can be a gathering space, but it feels like home and home base for MKM. So that's what's happening here. All right, next question. These are going to be coming at you fast and loose, guys. So you might want to have some pencil and paper ready. TikToks and Reels. We had somebody write in and say that they love creating Reels on Instagram, but they hate creating TikToks. And trust me, we had a whole month of this in social school back in May. And for some reason, my brain just like has a hard time making that jump over to TikTok editing. It's not terribly different from Reels, but it's just enough different that it confuses me. And I can totally empathize with the feeling of creating a video or a short clip once. And then you just want to take that same video and use it right over on Instagram. So I guess I should back up a step and say, Instagram and TikTok are not friends, right? So TikTok came about with these short format videos and Instagram adopted that format and put it in their own app. So for that reason, TikTok is not happy with Instagram. And also Instagram is like kind of known for making this move. Like they stole from Snapchat, not necessarily stole, I shouldn't say that, but they tended to copy what Snapchat was doing when they brought in Instagram stories they um, just tend to like find what's working on other apps and bring it into their own and try to be like a one-stop shop. And so when Instagram brought in Reels, people who are already on Instagram, we could make these Reels without having to add a whole other app like TikTok. But TikTok is kind of a happening place right now and it's where it's at. And Instagram, in the same breath, is kind of like falling off, right? We'll talk about that in a little bit. But when you create either a reel or a TikTok, because those apps don't really like each other, they are not formatted the same way. 
So let's say you make a reel in Instagram and you just want to download it and use it over on TikTok. So you're just going to download it to your camera roll. You're going to go into TikTok. You're going to upload it there. And then that way you do it all in one take, which could work. But you're going to lose video quality. The sizing isn't the same. So you might cut off some of your important parts of your like format of your scene. You might cut off like text bits. And also the text font options are just enough different in TikTok and Reels that you can tell when someone created a Reel and then used it in TikTok or vice versa. Someone created a TikTok and then just uploaded it over to Reels. And now let's say you're someone who creates TikToks. You want to use them on your Instagram account. Well, TikTok puts on this little logo called a watermark. And that little logo that says TikTok, if you upload that TikTok video over in Instagram Reels, Instagram has a way of knowing that this was a video that originated over in TikTok. They can see that watermark and therefore they will not be happy and it might reduce your reach on that reel and vice versa. On TikTok, they might reduce your reach on that reel. Um, So anyway, you don't have to recreate your video. If you're fine with using the same video on both platforms, you don't mind the watermark, you don't mind the reduced reach then go for it. Just reuse the same exact video. Or if you're someone who just wants to be in one place, that's okay too. Just serve your Instagram community or just serve your TikTok community. There's no manual or user guide that says you have to be everywhere. So choose the social media platforms that work for you. But if you do want to make sure that you are optimizing your content, that the pieces of content, those assets, videos, photos, that you're creating are getting you the most bang for your buck and the most mileage, the most return on your investment of time, then what I would recommend is creating reels for reels sake and creating TikToks for TikTok's sake. So that means you might have the same idea, but you have one way to spin it over on TikTok. You create your video over there that's going to be alive and going on that platform. And then maybe you take a different spin on that message and you create a reel. That way you are satisfying the platforms that you're using. That way you're getting the most mileage for the content that you're investing in. And you're not shooting yourself in the foot, if you will, by trying to be efficient and cut corners and use the same video in both apps. Now, how can we get around this potentially? I do like to use an app called InShot. And that app can be a video editor that can help you. It just like takes the photos and videos from your camera roll, helps you edit them together, and then you can save that video that you've edited in InShot to your camera roll, and then you can go into TikTok and upload it. You can go into Instagram and upload it to Reels, and therefore you've got the same video. You only had to create it once, but you are uploading it to separate platforms. So if you do want to get more efficiency, you only want to touch those videos one time, I would suggest doing it in an app like InShot and then uploading it to Reels and TikTok separately rather than creating the video in TikTok, downloading it, and then uploading to Reels or creating it in Reels, downloading, and then uploading to TikTok. I hope that makes sense. But the moral of the story is even if it saves time, it might not be the best bet if you're trying to repurpose Reels and TikToks. Because Instagram and TikTok do not get along. So if you want to create the same exact video for both platforms, I would suggest using InShot. Or I would figure out what you want that common message to be and then create a reel organically in Instagram, create a TikTok organically in the TikTok platform. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) All right, next question. How can you grow engagement right now in the summer of 2022 when it seems like across the board, all the social media platforms have reduced reach and engagement? So this is for businesses who are trying to grow and scale on these social media platforms. And it's also for these businesses who are trying to start up and get visibility and exposure on these apps. Okay, 100% truth. I'm recording this like stooped over and so I can't take deep full breaths. And so if I sound breathless, that's why. (laughs) That's so embarrassing, but I'm like stooping and bending halfway. I should just, oh, you know what? I have a chair downstairs. Pause. 
Okay, I'm breathless again, but it's because this chair was down in the basement. And while I'm not like this building isn't like gross, like the basement's not scary. It's actually pretty good. I do feel like it's 150 years old. It's got to be haunted. And so I'm like, just don't show me any ghosts. Ghosts don't come out. And so I was a little bit scared, but I didn't see any ghosts. And this stool is actually the perfect height for the setup that I have. So perfect. Let's proceed. All right. So the question at hand is how do we grow engagement and reach in this weird time on the social media networks of really reduced reach and engagement? So like just as an example, I've always been somebody who posts on Instagram daily pretty much. And on Facebook, probably like three to five times a week, closer to the five. And when Instagram was really like dialed in and really working last year, um, I would probably get an average of like two to 500 reach on my posts. To put that into perspective, I had a following of around like 1,500 to 2,000 on my page. And on Facebook, I have a similar, I have like a, a 1,500 likes-ish. And when Facebook was really dialed in, I'd get a reach of four to 500 as well. Now, like, I'm lucky if I get a reach of 100 on a post on Instagram. And it's on Facebook, like, I know what to do over there to get the likes up. But if I were to just put out a standard static image that is not a picture of a person, it's just like a graphic, then I'd probably get a reach of like 100 to 150 on my page. But if I start integrating some of the tactics that I've learned over the years, on Facebook, for sure, I know what to do to get those numbers up to the 800 to 1,000 plus reach. But on Instagram right now, things are just weird, you guys. And across the board, I think every person I've talked to has had reduced reach and engagement. And even the things that I thought were like tried and true methods that I was saying like, okay, this is what's working right now. That's the strategy that I'm going to adapt. And that was the things that like worked two months ago. Right now, they are not working. So Instagram's just got a lot of self-discovery going on. I'd call it like their teenage years, right? So they were going through growth, 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 success, success, success. And all of a sudden, they, at the beginning of 2022, specifically on Instagram, said, you know, we're really wanting to prioritize video. We really want to prioritize content creators. And therefore, they were pulling levers in the background that we didn't know about for sure but that were really affecting exposure for small businesses, small brands, small creators and influencers. And as a result, people have pushed back on Instagram. They've been getting a lot of bad press because people are frustrated. Not only are businesses and brands not seeing a result of the work that they're doing over on Instagram that they used to, but also people who are using Instagram just for like fun and pleasure, like passively to like connect with family and friends and people that they want to follow, they're also getting overwhelmed by the number of sponsored ads and seeing things that they really aren't interested in. And so for a wide variety of reasons, Instagram is getting a lot of pushback in the summer of 2022. And I have heard and I would err to believe that they are going to be probably the things that they rolled out, they might be rolling some of that back in the months to come. And I would expect that we can see some of the things that worked in the past to begin working again for us in the future. But I will say that the summer of 2022, specifically on Instagram, you've got to post where your heart's at, okay? So posting what means the most to you, what you are passionate about, that is what's going to connect. And it's going to be about really prioritizing what your community wants engaging your success, not necessarily on reach and engagement, but on the response that you're getting from your followers. Are you getting DMs? Are you getting likes on your stories? Are you getting people to comment and say, wow, this is what I needed today? That's how we're going to measure success in the summer of 2022 on Instagram. And I don't think we can really chalk up the metrics and the data points to determine our success or our failure rate, because it's just such an up and down season over on Instagram right now that those numbers, we can't attribute all of those numbers to our personal success and failure because there's so much that Instagram's changing constantly in the background. So what I would suggest specifically for those of you who are building a business and a brand on Instagram is focus on community. I would show your face. I would do 
some more of the raw, candid style photos, not necessarily feeling like every picture you put out there has to be like brand photography worthy. If you have those, fantastic. But what I've been finding is that people respond more to my just off the cuff, candid photos that I've been taking and not necessarily so much of my like polished, beautiful branded pictures. I love my branded pictures, but it's just not what's working right now on Instagram. Now, similarly on my Instagram stories, what's working best is when I share my heart and my mind. If I'm sharing like really what I'm truly feeling, if I'm like putting my opinion out there, not that I'm trying to be divisive or like I'm not talking about like political opinions or anything like that. But just like this weekend, I was talking about my money mindset and my own money mindset journey and how I'm like proving myself right and proving myself wrong at the same time. And I got so many responses to that, you guys. And so I'm going to continue to show up like that. I'm going to just be honest. I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be real. I'm going to share my heart and really just focus on how my community is responding, not necessarily how my numbers and metrics are responding. Because I think I checked my insights yesterday and I'm down like 89% in June from the reach that I had in May. And part of that can be the, but I still had a lot of reels. So I'm, I'm not sure. There's just a lot that's happening on Instagram right now, but focus on the people you're helping, not so much the data and metrics. Over on Facebook, if you're looking to establish your, or sorry, let's talk about growing your page on Facebook first. If you really want to hit, again, we're going to focus on community. So create conversations. Just write questions in that like, what are you thinking right now box that you go to post on your Facebook page and not necessarily make like a pretty Canva graphic, even though that makes my heart happy. What works right now, if I have a question or if I want to get feedback from my market, I need to just ask them directly in Facebook and not create something in Canva. Similarly, Live video, while I love live video, just doesn't have the bang for its buck that it once did. So don't feel, if you don't like lives, don't feel like you have to go live. I would suggest like incorporating some kind of video at some point, but it can be pre-recorded. I used to really preach that live video was the way to go, but it's just not like, it's just not hitting the way it was. So I'd say incorporate some video. It does not have to be live. Some Facebook pages have access to Reels. And you can even, I heard on Creator Studio on Facebook now. So that's like business.facebook.com slash Creator Studio. On Facebook specifically, I heard they're going to start letting you schedule reels for Facebook. Um, So you could try that. But really, again, it's going to come down to community awareness and supporting your community. And so that's going to be creating conversations. And again, on Facebook, what's working are those real authentic photos, not necessarily the beautiful branded ones. So just like tune into you, authentically you, and as a page who's trying to grow, one thing that I think always works is having an element of like PR and collaboration to your posts and to your strategy. So if you want to get more visibility, think about who are those brands and businesses that you can partner with that can help get you in front of other audiences, other people that you want exposure to. So that could look something like having a live video on Instagram where you bring in someone else to be an expert, you ask them questions, but it's a co-live and that way you are getting the exposure of that person's audience as well. That could also look like pitching yourself to a podcast that you feel like you're well-suited for and that the audience who listens to that podcast is in your ideal target audience. It could look like pitching yourself for speaking events, local conferences and workshops, hosting a workshop. It also looks like making sure to be aware of where you can tag other businesses and brands and people. So if you complete a project for a certain person, that you are tagging that person or that business so that they are seeing your tag, they will share it with their audience. Um, That could also, it looks like a variety of things, but I think you get the drift. If you really want to grow, You're going to be looking for collaboration and PR opportunities this year and getting your name out there. It's going to take some legwork to do that, but I would recommend putting together like maybe even just a one-page media pitch kit on Canva, talking about your strengths, what you're suited for, why you think that you are a good expert. That way you can just have that one-page document that you hand out to podcasts that you send to potential speaking events, and then people can get a feel for you. And you can get those collaborative opportunities. 
we have so many questions and I'm not sure I'm going to get to them all because we're already at 20 minutes. So I'm going to kind of pick and choose what ones we get to in the rest of this episode. We might have to have a part two down the road. Okay. One question that came up a lot was people are wondering how they're supposed to have the time to do this all. How do they have the time to live life, raise a family, manage a household, maybe even work a full-time job and grow their business and do all the things that you're responsible for and that are required of small business owners and entrepreneurs? So one of the things that I recommend, and I don't know if this is going to be any help, but it's just kind of letting go of the time frames that you've established for yourself. So I think that we often feel this pressure of time when we're putting these limitations on ourselves and we're saying, by this point, I need to get to this place. By this date, I need to be paying myself this amount of dollars. By this time, I need to have this number of clients or customers. Or like by this, like, and these dates are all arbitrary because it's like, who's saying that we have to do this? One thing, and this is just me stepping up on my soapbox, but it's something that really grinds my gears. Like back in the like real immediate uh, impact of COVID, like when we were all in our houses, and people are probably going to disagree with me about this, but um, there was a lot of talk about how kids like are going to be so severely impacted by this not having school and regular school for months and years as it went on and how they're going to get behind. And while it's true, I do believe that there has been some impact on, that there has definitely been impact on kids like socially, emotionally. I do feel like if we're measuring these kids and saying that they're behind students that had come before them, like who says, like who's making these rules that say kids have to be here or they're behind, especially in light of having like this huge pandemic and trauma like thrust on their shoulders. like. We can rewrite the rules. Let me say that again. We can rewrite the rules. There's nobody saying that we can't like reprogram. There's nobody saying that we can't restructure. There's nobody saying that we can't say, you know what? It's not practical to expect this when we are the ones who are setting the tone. Why don't we just make it that instead? So the reason that just ground my gears is because it was like, oh, they're behind. And it's like, behind what? We can change this. We can say that things don't have to be what they were in the 2000s because we're living in a different world. We're living in a different time. We can change it. Same thing for your business. You might feel like you don't have time to do all of these things, but you are the boss. You are the one making the rules. You don't have to hit timed target dates that you didn't set. So maybe you will feel like you don't have enough time. And I have totally been here, guys, where you're wearing all the hats and you're trying to satisfy clients and customers and you want to work on your business instead of in your business. And you like need to reconcile accounts and you need to be like showing up at the soccer game and you need to do all these things. You're the boss. You can prioritize. And maybe in this season, the priority has to be in serving clients, but not marketing on Facebook. Or maybe right now, the priority has to be the marketing because you need to procure new clients and customers to keep that like consistent revenue flow going. But then maybe you don't volunteer for the PTA for a season or something like that. So you are the boss and time is always going to be a struggle, you guys. But what I want you to take away from this is like, if you're feeling pressured right now where you're at in your business, getting to the next level is not going to alleviate that pressure and that time, that need to fulfill things. So you need to just get real with yourself and say, what is my priority? What is the most important use of my time? And then you need to start going through and saying, okay, what are these things that are not important to my time? What are the things that are essential for me to give up? What are those things that I have to say no to? right now in order for me to feel like these other more important, more pressing parts of my life need the attention in. And an example of this might be like, um, this is an extreme example, but in 2018, my daughter Charlotte was in the hospital. And at that time, I had one person who was working for me as an independent contractor on a task-based basis. 
Otherwise, I was handling all the client needs. And I think we had probably like five or six clients at that point doing just like social media marketing. And when my daughter went to the hospital, I had no time for anything else. Okay. And thankfully, I had that person on my team who is now, she's the one who edits the podcast. So, hey, Mer. Um, but she like picked up the slack and she prioritized what absolutely had to be done for clients ongoing. And she took care of that. And then all my other clients, I just said, I'm sorry, but I cannot work right now. And they were all so supportive, so awesome. And they all said, it's okay. And I did not lose a client during that season, even though I couldn't work for two months, which is really wild. Like that says a lot about my clients and how loyal and supportive they were. And a lot of them are clients today, actually. But anyway, there are times where you have to just simply say, this is the priority. I can't get that done. And it doesn't mean, like in my situation, my business didn't fold. In fact, it came back stronger. And there are seasons in time when I have to say, like, you know what? I can't volunteer for the PTO field trips. I have to work. And that's okay. We have to prioritize because we will always be up against time limitations. But we also have to realize that we don't have to do all the things. We are the ones who are the bosses. We set the tone. We determine what we will do and what we won't do. And you just have to get like almost ruthless with what you say yes to and what you say no to. And that's hard, but you can do it. All right. Next question, which I love. How do I handle shiny object syndrome? So if you're not familiar with this concept, shiny object syndrome is that feeling that when something new comes out, like so maybe let's say it's a new product that you could have in your store or it's a new person that you could bring on your team or it's a new service you could provide or it's a new class you could take or a course or a workshop you could register for or it's a new tool that you could put in your toolkit and buy. You want the new thing and it looks so good and the sales for it is so good. And like the sense of urgency about you have to do it now because it's like a pressing moment. You have to do it. Like that sense of urgency is so good that you like your brain can't think of anything else except doing this new thing. That's shiny object syndrome. And they call it shiny object because like it's like Dory on Finding Nemo where like she's swimming along, swimming along, and then something sparkly catches her eye and all of a sudden she's veered off course. Like without announcement, she has shifted direction. She's pivoted and she's gone, right? Left the plan in the dust. And so for some of us, we can have this real temptation by shiny object syndrome. We love the new. We love the challenge of trying new things. We really think it's going to set us apart and make us distinct in our audience. And so we want to try all these new things. And I know I have shiny object syndrome when it comes to learning opportunities. Like I want to sign up for every workshop. I want to sign up to learn with every coach. But I have to be really like, I have to be really decisive in how much time I have to do these things and how much I want to allot my budget to these things, okay? Like I can't financially afford every single coach that's out there and every single program that I want to take. So we have to really like be clear on what are, I think the way to like deal with shiny object syndrome is to get really clear on what your ultimate goals are. What is your vision? What is your ultimate desire and then that way you can know when these opportunities come your way for new things if they're going to facilitate and get you to that ultimate goal then they might be a shiny object but they might be a good investment because they help you get closer to that goal versus a shiny object that steers you away from your path and takes you in a different direction entirely okay because those are going to be there too those opportunities are going to be tempting but if they take you in a different path you're going to like, like <laughs> this is funny because I've just positioned it after um, talking about how you're the boss of your time. But if you do shift direction, if you're tempted by that shiny object, it can take you off course and then you've like lost time. So an example I have of this is um, a couple years ago, I can't remember if it was 2019 or 2020, um, but I started following a person on Instagram and she was like somebody... I kind of followed her relatively shortly before she launched this new program about customer service and like really providing top-notch exceptional customer service to your clients. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. 
And she was like nurturing me in my DMs like, hey, how's it going? What are you having problems with right now? And she was like talking me through it. So she was doing exceptional customer service herself. And then she had this program that was going to be starting shortly, but there was a sense of urgency around it because it was launching on a certain date. And then if I didn't take advantage of it, it might not be offered again, you know? And so it was a huge investment for me up to that point. Like that was the most I had invested in any course. I think it was $2,000. And it was like an eight-week boot camp style program, I think. And so that was a lot of money to invest at that time. And um, it was a stretch. And so it took me some time to think through, but ultimately it got the better of me. And even though I was like, I really need to be focused on budget. I really need to be focused on growing my team. I really need to be focused. Like at that point, I really wanted to focus on like honing my social media skills. But I mean, this whole thing looked really good, right? Like she was talking to me. I could tell she was going to be an attentive teacher. I was going to get this sweet workbook. Um, And I was like, you know, it's always good of me to like hone up on my customer service skills, right? Which I will say, like focus on customer service skills. That is important. But also once I got into the program, it was not everything it was cracked up to be. Like, honestly, did it help me? Probably somehow. But if I look at the tangible, tactical, like, things I took away, no. (laughs) Like, I probably shouldn't have invested. I don't even follow that person anymore because right after this um, boot camp closed, she pivoted hard and took a whole different direction with her business. And then I don't even follow her anymore. And I did learn one thing that I've continued to use, but ultimately that was a shiny object that took me away from my ultimate goals. I was out $2,000 and not to say there was no good to it. Like I always think when you're in a group program, the relationships you cultivate with other people are the biggest takeaway. So there were people who I got to meet that I wouldn't have met otherwise. That was really good. But when I look back on that opportunity, it was shiny object. It was so fast that I like started following her and then subscribed and then committed. And it just like, I shouldn't have, because then it took me away from my ultimate goals of saving money and of going further into my skill development rather than the soft skill development. That was what that program focused on. So it means like these shiny objects, they might look good from the outset and they might have some really important takeaways. But I, again, just think you need to have an idea of what is the ultimate goal, the ultimate vision that you're pushing towards. Does this shiny object, this new opportunity help you get closer to that goal or does it take you further away? So one more example of this is a shiny object that has served me well. So back in late 2019, I was proposed um, somebody who I knew. She said, hey, I want to come on your team at MKM and here's what I can bring to the table. And I wasn't really necessarily looking for someone to bring onto the team in a part-time or full-time capacity. But this opportunity just kind of came on my lap. And when I look at the ultimate vision and direction of my business, I knew that I wanted to be able to offer more full service agency offerings. And she would help with that. I knew that I wanted to be able to help other women in my community, like determine success on their own right, work flexible schedules, and really like work in their area of passion and their zone of genius. And this would satisfy that. And I wanted to also be able to help more businesses, and this would help with that too. So it was a shiny object because it came up. I like I couldn't, I didn't solicit this offer, but it was presented to me. And when I evaluated if it fit into my ultimate game plan, it checked all of those boxes. So I said yes. And it has like, it has worked so beautifully. I love having this person on my team. She has added, like I can't even measure how much has been added to the team by her just offering that. So that's an example of when a shiny object did, in fact, serve me, serve the business. And I think it's because it tied into the ultimate goals of the business and into the brand values and what we were really there for. So shiny object is real. You are always going to have these opportunities to invest in these new cutting edge things. But I think the way you can determine if they're going to be ultimately successful or a detour is if they align with where you ultimately want to go. So this might be a time for you to like really sit down and determine what your goals are and what your vision is for the next five or 10 years. So then when you do have these shiny objects presented, you have something to measure them against. 
Okay, guys, there are so many good questions here, but we are coming up on a time limit here. So I am going to go through like one more, I think, and then I'll save some of these for future like Monday pep talk episodes. Um, okay, so this one was really important and a couple people have talked about this and I feel like we're just all kind of at it. There's a lot of us at a time like this, but somebody asked about transitioning or pivoting in their business or in their life. and like going from something that is currently working and for all intents and purposes, you should stay that course, but it's not lighting you up anymore. And you've got something new and this is kind of aligns with shiny object, but I think it's a, like a bigger topic. So like you've done this thing, your business has been known for this, but you want to have a pivot and you want to start like pursuing this other new direction. How do you do that without making people feel like you're leaving them behind? How do you do that without like confusing your market? How do you do that without giving up the one thing to go for the other? And I think this is a really important timely topic and it's something I'm honestly working through myself. So this one really attracted my eye. But I do think like particular to business owners that you're always, again, with shiny objects, but those are like, I feel like a more compact, like short-term discussion. And this like transitioning and pivoting is like, a longer term, bigger discussion. And, you know, maybe you're a bar and you want to add a restaurant. Maybe you were known for being a boutique that had kids clothing, but you found a niche within graphic tees and you want to pursue that. Maybe you have offered social media marketing, but now you have graphic design and web design and virtual assistants. How do you make that pivot? And what we've done here at MKM is just taking it slowly and surely and gradually. So what I've done over the years, if I've noticed that I need to make a shift, if I notice that I'm not feeling lit up, then I think about like, is this just like a short-term frustration? Like, am I just going through a season of difficulty or burnout? Am I like feeling like I'm up against a wall with a specific client? And is it just going to be something that's more short-term? Or Has it been this building feeling that I'm playing small? Has it been this building feeling that this is not where I ultimately want to be? If it's the latter, then I think it's time for you to get real clear where you do want to go. And when you make this transition or this pivot, what I've done in the past is felt like, oh, I can't talk about it. I don't really know if it's going to happen or not. I better just keep my cards close to my hand. What's that for? What's the saying? Keep your cards close to your chest. Um, But anyway, and so that's kind of how I've operated in the past. I've just made like moves in silence. And then like when it's time, I will kind of unveil, right? And I think that's kind of a little bit counterintuitive to how things happen a lot. Like people might make these grandiose announcements and then they take the actions to get there afterwards. That's what it seems like a lot on social media these days. But I do much prefer, maybe this is the small town person inside of me, but like to make my moves in the quiet. And then once I have things in place, that's when I make my announcement. So similar to like this building that we purchased, like, do you know how much I wanted to tell people? Like I'm the worst at, well, I shouldn't say I'm the worst secret keeper, but like not when it matters. But like when I have a gift to give someone, like I have to give it to them right away because I cannot keep that a secret to myself. I want to just share it. But I knew that there was a lot of variables at play and I didn't want to like make an announcement about having this new office space, having this new building without it being like official, official, right? So I moved in quiet. I didn't make any big announcements. I didn't even tell a lot of people. We told the people who were important until the date was closed, the papers were signed and we were in. And then I announced. So that's kind of how I tend to operate. And that might resonate with you. So don't feel like you have to make like this big decision to pivot. You announce it and then you pivot. Like you can be making these small incremental adjustments over time. And then once you've got all the pieces in place, then you announce and you say, hey, did you notice I've been talking about this? I've been posting about this. I've been adding this to our service suite. I've been getting clients who've been wanting this. And now look at, oh my gosh, here we are. And we offer this new improved version of your business. So you can make these small adjustments and transitions. And I know that someone who had um, written in about this in particular 
she said something about how she is a business owner. She has a primarily product-based business, but she is looking to pivot into more of like the inspirational, aspirational, like professional speaking side of things. And she's worried about like people feeling like she's going to leave behind this currently successful business or that like not even just the public, but like people on her team might feel like she's shifting focus away from what was into what is. And that is definitely a fear. And it also comes with like, am I going to be able to continue to grow this other first business while I'm pursuing these new things? Am I capable of that? It brings up all of these like self-questioning things, right? And definitely it does all that to me too. But I really believe, and I've been kind of on this journey myself throughout all of 2022, probably part of 2021 if I'm being honest, but it really starts with you. And when you can start feeling these feelings of like discomfort, not quite satisfied, like there's something more, you have this nudge or this ping of what that something more looks like and could be, but what's holding you back is like fear of leaving stuff behind. I want you to remember what got you here is not what's going to get you there. So what's fulfilled you up to this point where you're at today is probably not what's going to keep you fulfilled going forward for eternity. It's natural to change. It's like expected to change your mind about things. You don't have to continue to do the same thing over and over again just because other people think it's so or you feel like that's how you get to success. It's okay to change your mind. And if you have big dreams and big goals, of course you're going to have to shift. Of course you're going to have to grow. Of course you're going to have to expand who you are as a person and as a business. But it begins with who you are. You have to get tough. You have to get resilient mentally. You have to get clear on what you want in order to rise up and pursue that next big thing, that next big goal. Because I would, I would 100% bet that in order to grow the business that you have right now, it required you to level up personally, right? It required you to change the way you did things. And I would guarantee that as a person, you probably changed too. I would bet that if you started your business three years ago, the person who was you five years ago was a different person than the person you are today. Same thing when we look ahead. If you have this calling on your heart, if you have this nudge, if you have this ping, the person you are today is just thinking about that. And they're a little bit nervous. They're a little bit fearful, but they're also a little bit excited. So start working on yourself. Start tapping into you, your mindset, your blocks, your ultimate like goals, desires, the skills you need to expand upon in order to get to the person you need to be in five years to reach those ultimate goals. And it's not going to happen overnight. Again, that issue of time comes up. We're probably going to want things to happen a little faster than they will. But give yourself the grace of time, of learning slow, pivoting slow if you need to. You don't have to do it dramatically and suddenly. You can make changes. This is all coming full circle because you are the boss. You set the time frame. You set the tone. You're honoring you. Okay, that's where I'm going to end on this mailbag. And actually, it was a birthday edition. Today's my birthday. And so thank you guys for being here with me on my birthday and for listening in. I am loving the questions that have been coming in via Instagram, via Facebook, and via email. So if you need to get in touch with me, I'm at Molly Knuth Media or at Small Minded Podcast on all platforms. Or you can email me directly, molly at mollyknuthmedia.com. I'd love to hear your feedback. And I'd love to hear what those big dreams are that you're pursuing. And I want to encourage you to step up, step into that boss role. You are the boss. Let's go. Have a great week, friends, and I will be back soon. School is in session, my friend. Business school, that is. At Molly Knuth Media, we offer our brand new business school mastermind for the small town female entrepreneur and small business owner who is in years two through seven of her business. You know, she's started her business, she's established herself, but now she wants to grow. She wants to bring on team members. She wants to figure out her pricing. She wants to set boundaries around her time that she's available. She wants to know better marketing practices. She wants to connect with other women at this similar stage of business. And she's just ready 
to find that circle who can elevate her, her business, her brand, and create something that lasts. So what you get in this mastermind membership is a monthly guest professor on a focus topic. And it's not just me, you guys. It's going to be my friends and trusted professionals who are experts in their field and can help you get your goals. We also offer two monthly office hours calls, which is like a fancy way of saying a question and answer session with a service provider who is also one of my friends. They'll take your questions and they'll give advice in a specific business or personal topic because we want to approach this from like a holistic standpoint of running a business. We'll also have a monthly hot seat session so that our members can sit down together, discuss something that's on their mind. We can tackle challenges. We can brainstorm ideas. But we're going to come together so that we can see one another's faces and we can really build relationships with the students in this mastermind. You'll also get access to our MKM video training library so you can find the trainings that you need the most and access to our business service provider directory. If you're interested in something like this for your business, please reach out. You can DM me at Molly Knuth Media on Instagram or shoot me an email at hello at mollyknuthmedia.com with the subject line MKM Business School. We will get you all the details about how to join, when to join, and if this is the right fit for you. But reach out if this sounds like something that is just resonating with where you're at in this season of business. And I'd love to walk by your side, introduce you to my besties, and help you get to that next level. MKM Business School Mastermind is where it's at. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well lived being small minded. <laughs>